We are so glad that you've joined us today. Welcome to North Point. Whether you're a regular part of North Point, whether you're just kind of checking us out today, or maybe this is your very first time, it doesn't matter. We're in a series that, uh, where we're trying to find Jesus in strange and unexpected places. And uh, we're glad that you're here a part of that. It's a, it's a series that's gonna last about 10 or 12 weeks. But if you're here for the very first time, you're gonna be able to jump right in and, and know exactly what's going on. Uh, we would love to know that you're with us today. So if you would, if you have the North Point app, go ahead and open that up and, uh, and go to the Let's Connect tab and then just fill out the information there. Let us know that you're watching online. And if God is doing anything in your life, you can mark that. If you need any more information, you can do that. If you don't have the North Point app, uh, send a text, if you would, to 94090, 94090, with the, with the um, text, Guest NCC. We'll send you a link. That'll take you to the exact same place. You can connect with us that way. We'll know that you're here, and, uh, and we can stay in touch uh, at whatever level that you'd like. That would be great. I want to encourage you as well to take some time right now and uh, to just maybe think for a second about how God has blessed you, the, what he has given you, and how you might be able to give back to him. Um, I want to encourage you to give a, a financial gift because it helps us when we do that, recognize that everything we have comes from God. So if you can send a text to 77977, 77977, that says NCC Give, that will, will give you a link that you can do that uh, on a one-time basis, on a continuing basis, and that would be a great thing. I also wanna let you know, because you're watching virtually, that next Sunday, November 1st, for the very first time, we're gonna have an 8.30 a.m. service. We, we recognize that for a lot of you who are watching from home, that, uh, that there's this tension between uh, experiencing worship live and in person, and concern about uh, safety factors and uh, maybe, maybe you're at high risk and you're not sure what to do. We've created this service at 8.30 that is gonna be a shorter service, so there's less time of exposure. It, we're calling that a mask mandatory service from the time that you enter the building until the time that you leave. We're asking everybody to wear a mask the entire time. Um, we're gonna still sing, but we're probably just gonna sing one or two songs and, and going to stay seated during that time, but we'll have the same message and uh, you'll be able to experience that. We're gonna try it out for five weeks, the five weeks of November. And I wanna encourage you to come try that out if you've stayed at home uh, because you've been concerned. It's a great opportunity to, to come back into live worship and experience that. Um, I'm excited today to just be able to introduce Jake Howard, who's going to speak. Jake's our family life minister. He is a great guy, and he's talking about finding Jesus in random and unexpected places today. Take it away, Jake. All right, church. Everybody glad to be here this morning? Come on. Hey, let's do a little bit of language and linguistics together here. Uh, first of all, who here speaks English? Yeah, this would be a really confusing service if not, right? So glad everybody's with us. How about who here speaks a different language of any kind? Maybe like in high school you took it, uh, you're missionaries to Papua New Guinea, or like you have the Duolingo app like me, right? Like who here speaks a different language at any level? Got a few of us here? All right, all right, here we're going to do. Uh, I got a phrase here I want to throw up there that uh, I want to teach us 
this morning that we're going to learn together, okay? It looks, looks a little weird, but we can do this, all right? It's Esoprup Ahitutab Madnar. Super easy, right? Like, we got this, okay? Uh, we're going to do it slowly, and I just want you to repeat after me, all right? Esoprup Ahitutab Madnar. All right, all together, ready? Esoprup Ahitutab Madnar. Nice. You guys feel foolish? Yeah, it's okay. Here's the thing. Uh, this phrase up here doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's gibberish, okay? <laughs> There's no meaning or hidden thing behind this right here, okay? Uh, it is total gibberish. It is just random, but with a purpose, and we're going to get to that, okay? So hang on towards the end. We'll take that down here. Uh, we are currently working through our woke series this morning, all about finding Jesus in the fog. Hopefully you've been with us a few weeks, you've watched online, uh, Facebook, YouTube, the North Point app, whatever it may be. Uh, we've had some great conversations about this. Rick talked a couple weeks about uh, how Jesus shows up in the storms of our life. Uh, last week, Doug was here to talk about uh, how Jesus shows up in the irritation, um, in which case I've had so many irritating things happen in my life, and I'm writing a letter to Doug because I think it's all his fault. Uh, so hopefully you've been a part of those. We'd encourage they're all standalones, but check those out. There's some great, great stuff there. The reason that we are doing this series uh, is because as leadership, we are rolling out to all of us together, our all church together, this new vision. And this new vision that we've put in place uh, is something that we want you guys to grab a hold of. We want you to understand. Uh, we shortened it and call it Own Sea Share, but it's really this idea of everyone who calls North Point home, seeing how Jesus is working in their life and sharing that within their sphere of influence. Own Sea Share. And we think this is an incredible, incredible thing. We recognize that as a church, man, Jesus is working in our lives. Even if we don't recognize it right away, even if we don't see it right away. And Jesus has actually placed people in our lives that need to hear how he's moving. We need to share our story with other people. So I'd encourage you, man, catch up on some of these talks if you've missed any any of them. Uh, but today we are going to talk through an event in the Bible that is just full of random things, but they all come back to a purpose together. Uh, what we're talking about here, this all happens after Jesus has shown up. He's lived his life. He's done teaching. He's done miracles. He was arrested. He was killed as a sacrifice for us, defeated death by rising again. And then he actually uh, goes through what's the ascension. He leaves. And when he leaves, he leaves his, his closest followers, his disciples here, his apostles, with encouragement and an assignment. We see this here in uh, Acts chapter 1. It says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? See, the apostles had a kind of a narrow view. They thought it was all about an earthly kingdom or, or that the Jewish nation would be great again. But God is so much bigger than that. Uh, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus tells his followers here uh, that they will receive his spirit and then be witnesses to the entire world. And soon after this, they're all gathered uh, together and the spirit of God shows up on what is called the day of Pentecost. And at that day, bam, the church starts. And it just booms on the, on the scene. Thousands of people come in to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, moving towards the life, towards him, committed to him, growing in him. And Jesus' closest followers, the apostles, are leading here. And new leaders soon after get, get risen up within the church. And that's where we pick on the guy that we're going to talk about today. That's where we get to know our man, Philip. 
Now, uh, Philip, this is not the Apostle Philip. There was another Philip in the Bible. Uh, but this Philip shows up when he is first made a deacon in Jerusalem. So basically, the church has started. Needs have arisen, right? There are orphans and widows and poor and people that just need help. And the apostles recognize that, hey, we've got to do teaching. We've got to do leadership stuff. We can't meet every single need. And so what do they do? Uh, they make this committee, these seven deacons that they say, hey, your job is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You are to go out and you are to meet needs. You are to love people. And you are to share Jesus' message with them. Of those seven, our guy, Philip, was chosen to be one of them. Another one who was chosen was a guy named Stephen. Stephen is famous in the Bible because Stephen is the first martyr. He was the first uh, Christian who was killed for proclaiming Jesus. So if you're Philip, one of your compadres, one of the guys that you've uh, been doing ministry with, one of the guys that is doing the same stuff that you are doing is now killed for doing those same things. And so this would leave an impression on Philip. But what's so incredible about him is even though Philip is in Jerusalem and he is doing the same things, he is loving on, he is meeting people, he is sharing Jesus in this moment. He sees his friend get killed and instead of going, hey, I need to re-examine my life, instead he dives in deeper. He dives in deeper. He actually goes to the area of Samaria, which was uh, this place known for its mixes of Judaism and and pagan beliefs together. And this would have been crazy for for a Jewish guy to go into. But it's absolutely on brand for what Jesus had called to do. So Philip's obedient. He goes in there. He starts a church, and it is rocking. I mean, God has just blessed Philip. He is he's kingdom-minded. He's proclaiming Jesus. The church is growing. People's lives are being changed. And he is all in the middle of this. He is doing exactly what Jesus said, ministering in Jerusalem, ministering in Samaria, doing incredible work. And then we dive into Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And this is where things start to look random. For Philip. Check this out, verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Keep in mind, Philip is killing it in Samaria. Just doing an incredible job. Ministry is growing. The church is growing. New people are meeting Jesus. Lives are being changed. And in this moment, God then sends an angel to Philip and says, Hey, good job. Leave. Random, right? Philip, you're doing so good right here. Your church is doing great. Everything's growing. Leave. And not just leave, like go down to Gaza, which is about as far south as you could go and still get water. Basically, he's telling Philip to go to the edge of nowhere because beyond this was a desert. Random. What in the world are you doing, Lord? See, it'd be like taking your best sales employee. And just saying, hey, you are doing such a good job right here in the Greater Lansing area. Our sales have quadrupled, just doing amazing. We are so proud of you that, in fact, we are going to send you to Omer, Michigan. Who here has been to Omer, Michigan? Wow, they do exist. (laughs) Here's the thing about Omer, and I'm sure it's a lovely place, but Omer claims to be Michigan's smallest city. Yeah, there are more people on a weekend that gather together and worship as a church here at North Point than live in Omer, Michigan. They have just under 300 people at the last census. Now, that was 10 years ago. Maybe they've broken 300 now. Who knows, right? But Omer, Michigan. And here's the thing. I'm sure it's lovely, but my top sales employee is not going to a town of under 300 people. It doesn't make any sense. That's not how I would grow my business. And yet in that, this is exactly what God is asking Philip to do. Philip, you've done so good. The stuff you did in Jerusalem, mwah. The stuff you're doing in Samaria, mwah. Now go nowhere. Crazy. Incredibly random. No idea what God's working towards here. But check this out, verse 27 at the beginning. It says, and he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian 
a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And God gave Philip a random request and no explanation, and Philip just goes. And I got to think the only reason, the only reason Philip goes, the only reason Philip listens has got to be trust, right? Like there's got to be some level of trust involved here. I have friends that they'll suggest to me uh, restaurants or movies or music, and I know it's going to be good. Like certain friends, when they come up to me and they tell me, hey, you need to go eat here, I know I'll get food poisoning. Other friends, when they tell me, hey, go here to such and such place, try the sushi, man, I know it's just going to melt in my mouth and be so good, right? Because I trust them. They've proven to me that they know what good food is like. We've got experience together. And when God tells Philip here to go, Philip goes because he trusts. He knows God has a good purpose behind what is really just a random random ask right here. And when Philip arrives after this random ask at this random place, he sees a random guy that we are given tons of random details, maybe a little too many details, about right here. And it's crazy. What we see in this guy is that he's a high-ranking official that works for the queen, oversees her finances for the kingdom of Ethiopia. This dude's a big deal. He's got a lot of prestige, he's got a lot of power, got a lot of money, got a lot of access to money. Uh, he's also a eunuch. Now, if you're not sure what a eunuch is, uh, it's when they Google it. Um, <laughs> no image searches, no video searches, please, but uh, Google that one and it'll explain. We'll know who Googled because they'll be snickering here soon. Uh, but there's a lot of information about these guys, so a lot of random details, but all of those details... We're about to see actually have a purpose in his life. Look at the end of verse 27. It says, he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. So random guy in the desert reading a random book of the Old Testament. And this all has to feel odd to show up to if you're Philip. But it's not just coincidence that these things occur. Like in this moment, God is moving here. There's a purpose to all of this. This government official here is reading the book of Isaiah after going to Jerusalem to worship. Here's the thing. Because he was a eunuch, according to Old Testament law in the book of Deuteronomy, this government official would not be allowed to worship God in parts of the temple. He travels from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship, and yet because of his physical status, he has limitations. This man who is interested in God, believing in Yahweh enough to actually leave from Ethiopia and travel way far away just to get closer, just to get worship, is limited in his access to God because of his physical status. Whether it was something that he chose, whether it was something that somebody chose for him, this guy is limited in reaching God. Stop and think about that for a second, man. That is heartbreaking. He's got a barrier that's put up between him and God. And when he leaves Jerusalem after the temple, maybe discouraged on some level, right? Because he didn't get to worship the way that he wanted. Because he found out he had limits to what he could do. So he leaves, but he, before he goes, he gets his hand on a copy of the book of Isaiah. And here's the thing, like we, we can Google anything. We can get copies of anything today. That was not always the case, right? Like to get a copy of anything in this time was huge. 
huge. And the only reason he can probably even even get a copy of the book of Isaiah or, or any of the scriptures is simply because he's probably rich or prestigious, and so they sold it to him. And he probably only has it on a temporary scale here. But he still has a desire to know God more. So he's not leaving empty-handed. And while the book of Isaiah may just seem like a random book, and maybe it was the only one available, maybe he just randomly selected it if he had an option, but whatever it may have been, it actually serves an incredible purpose specifically for this guy. Isaiah 56 says this. It says, For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Think about that for a second. Random book of the Bible, and yet it speaks exactly to it as a passage that speaks directly to this man's life situation and encourages him to know that he actually does have a way to connect with God. That he's not just going to be knocked down, but he actually has a way to make connection and relationship with the God of the universe. This random book of the Old Testament serves a purpose, and it gives him hope. But it doesn't just stop there. Check this out in verse 29. It says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. Like, this seems kind of obvious, right? That God randomly sends him down to a random place, and he meets a random guy. Like, obviously, Philip's going to talk to him. There's really nobody else around. So, so it makes sense that this would happen, and he's going to tell him. But, but, but this is all significant, and here's why. Philip and this Ethiopian official are from completely different worlds. Completely different worlds. Economically, racially, politically, social status, you name it. There was a cultural barrier that would have existed between Philip and this Ethiopian official here. Like an even deeper barrier in some ways than the ones that he was crossing over in Samaria. That there was something that would have been uncomfortable about this random connection. That most of the time, if they saw each other in other places, they would just kind of go their other ways. They were just different. Their thoughts were different. Their beliefs were different. Their practices would have been different. But yet obedience and calling here require Philip to step outside of his comfort zone. See, here's the thing. Following Jesus is not safe. Following Jesus is not easy. In fact, it is incredibly uncomfortable because God is going to ask us often to do things that we have not done before or that we don't know how to do or that we probably feel some bit of, of, of uneasiness, if not fear, to do. But the truth is it's, it's really not about us. It's about Jesus. God is going to ask you to do some random stuff in your life or to talk to a, a random person, and it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be a little awkward. But here's the thing. God is the author of purpose. God is the author of plans, not confusion, not, not chaos. And when he puts a random situation in your life that just feels weird, try this. Trust him. Trust him anyway. Trust that God has a purpose in your life, even if those moments, even if those people, even if those encounters feel random. Verse 30, 
It says, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And he asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And I love this. Philip does an incredible, incredible thing right here. Philip simply meets this guy right where he's at. God has this Ethiopian official on a journey. Jesus has been moving in his life. And this guy's probably completely unaware of it at this point. The trip to Jerusalem, the temple, even the book that he's reading, God is moving in his life in all of these ways to draw this Ethiopian official near to him. God has a plan and a purpose all along. And I love it because Philip just eagerly joins into this journey that God has him on. And how does he do it? He just asks a question. He doesn't assume anything about this Ethiopian official other than God has got him on a journey and that Jesus is moving in his life. And Philip instantly knows what he's reading. Because everybody in this time and culture would have read out loud. It was a memorization technique. Like I said, it was hard to get a hold of anything written down. And so when people did, they would try to memorize it. And one of the best ways you can memorize something is reading it out loud. So Philip, random place, random ask, random person, randomly sees him reading out loud and instantly recognizes, that's the book of Isaiah. I know what's going on here. And so he uses that information to start a conversation and to gain a relationship with this guy. It's brilliant. It's genius. And it's incredibly purposeful. And because Jesus has been moving in this Ethiopian official's life, he invites Philip to come up and to help him begin to understand this random passage that it turns out has a purpose for him as well. Look at this passage, verse 32. It says, now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus right here. Random guy in a random place is reading a random passage, and it's all about Jesus. There's purpose in all of this random. There's Jesus in all of this random. Philip, to this point, has only seen a random thing after a random thing after a random thing, and yet now in all of that, he sees that Jesus was moving all along. Can you imagine how excited you had to be if you're Philip in this moment? Like you have no idea what you're doing. You're just trying to be obedient to God. And then when you show up in the edge of the desert to some guy reading out loud that you don't know, that you're really not comfortable with because he's so different, but he's reading about Jesus and you're like, oh, I see you working, big man. I got this one. I know what you're doing over here, right? Like he sees the purpose that finally comes together and he's like, oh, Jesus is moving in the random all of the time. At any point in time in this randomness, Philip could have missed it right? Leave Samaria and go to the desert. Well, Lord, I got a good thing going, right? Yeah, it's not the right time. I'm working on something. I got a project going. Go talk to that official. Have you met that guy? He looks weird, all right? There's something about him. Well, we don't talk to those people. They're a little, right? 
He could have missed it at any point in time, but he didn't. He didn't because Philip recognized and looked for Jesus. He was woke enough to see that Jesus was in every single moment of his life and was moving in everything. Okay, there's verse 34. And the eunuch said to Philip, uh, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. See, uh, before we moved up here, uh, I, I lived in Cincinnati for a while, and after college, I started working at a church that my family also attended. And so we would do this thing where every Friday or Saturday, we would go to Sam's Club. And we would get all the supplies for church service that weekend. So we would get like paper towels, we would get coffee, uh, we would get food, whatever we needed at that time. Uh, One particular Friday, we are shopping in Sam's Club and we run into uh, a woman named Katie. Random occurrence, hadn't seen Katie in years. She was a good friend of our family's, but she actually lived 45 minutes away in Brookville, Indiana. So totally random that we see Katie. Like, it's just weird. It's awkward. She's kind. She goes on to tell me all about this amazing, wonderful single niece of hers that lives five hours away. Super great. Nice. A little random that we saw each other. Five hours is five hours. Have a good life, right? So I move on. Uh, Next Friday, we go to Sam's Club. We're getting all the stuff again, all the paper towels, all the coffee, all the food, and we randomly run into Katie a second time. And as we're talking, she again tells me about this wonderful, amazing, single niece of hers that lives five hours away. That's just weird, right? Two weeks in a row, that's a little funky. That's just weird. Five hours is still five hours. Have a good one, right? Uh, we go back to Sam's Club again the following Friday, getting paper towels, getting food, getting coffee, and we randomly run into Katie a third time. And she tells me about her wonderful, amazing, single niece who lives five hours away. And it occurs to me that I got to do two things. Number one, I've got to start shopping at Costco, (laughs) right? Uh, And number two, I have got to find out who this niece is. So what do I do? I go home, I get on Facebook, and I send a friend request uh, to the woman that a little over a year later, I would call my wife. Random, totally random, but with a purpose. It's crazy. In my own life, in those moments, I could have missed it. Like, how many times has God got to sin and go, hey, no moron, this is, this is a good, good, good thing, right? <laughs> okay, trust me, this will change your life. You will now live five hours away soon, right? Like, all of these things that he's sent into my life. And I could have missed all of it and just said, man, that was random. And God, God, has, God is not random. God is purposeful. The world may be random. It may seem, it may feel random, but it has a purpose. God created random moments after random moment in both Philip's life and this Ethiopian official's life. But all of that randomness, all of it had a purpose. And yet Jesus is moving in it the entire time. See, you and I have the same kind of randomness in our life. God puts you, put in your life that coworker or that neighbor or that in-law for a random purpose. Your mechanic, your accountant, the guy who buys the season tickets next to you, you all have random things in common for a purpose. 
the person who is completely different than you, politically, racially, economically, socially, religiously, is randomly in your life for a purpose. And see that Jesus is moving in the random all of the time. Jesus is asking us to do random stuff all of the time. We're just not looking for it. So we miss it. It would have been so easy for Philip to stay in Samaria. It was good. Things were really, really good. He was putting Jesus in a place Jesus had never been. Doing incredible things. Growing a church where there was no church. Watching people's lives be changed. He was making a difference for Jesus. And yet, Philip knew that God has a purpose in the random. So he got up and he ran. He went. Verse 36. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. See, if we read on after this, God basically uh, like teleports Philip to a completely different area where for the rest of his life, Philip uh, would continue to minister, continue to talk about Jesus to anybody and everybody who would listen. Every encounter that he could, so much so that he actually gets the nickname Philip the Evangelist for his passion about telling other people about Jesus. This Ethiopian official then just goes on back home and there's not anything else in the Bible about him, but we know if we read uh, church history or, or early writers in the next few centuries that this guy, this Ethiopian official, goes back home and starts talking about Jesus. That the church in Ethiopia all started because of this random encounter between Philip and this official. In fact, historically in this time period, Ethiopia was so far away from most of the known world that it was considered to be the end of the known world. Which means that because Philip was looking for Jesus in the random, in his lifetime, Philip took the message of Jesus to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Just like Jesus said to do before he left. None of this was possible without the random. And all of that random has a purpose. We started this service, uh, I threw uh, some gibberish up there, right? Esop, Rup, Ahitu, Tub, Madnar. Totally random gibberish when you look at it. But if you actually take those words, those letters, and you read it backwards, it just says the phrase random but with a purpose. Random but with a purpose. It's not some foreign language. It's just something you got to pay attention to. It's just something you got to open your eyes and look and see that maybe in those random letters and that random function, there is a purpose behind it. See, at first look, a lot of things in our life appear to be random gibberish with no meaning. We chalk it up to chance or life or in reality, we're just too busy to care. In fact, it's political and pandemic season in the year 2020. Random is normal for us right now if we're being honest. But I would challenge you that your random in your life has an incredible purpose. I don't know what your random is, but I know that it exists, and I know that Jesus is moving in it, and I know that he wants to use it 
And he wants you to take his message of love and forgiveness and grace and justice and sacrifice and salvation to the ends of the earth. So my question is, are you woke enough to see Jesus in your random right now? Let's pray together, church. Father God, our world is random. Our lives are random. But you, you are purposeful. God, may we see with your eyes and feel with your heart, Father, in these random moments in our life to know that you, you're working. You're moving. You've got plans. You've got purpose, Father. So God, even though this is a crazy year and everything seems to be random and uncomfortable and the encounters that we have with others and the conversations and the way that you, you've placed people in our life seems to stretch us, God. May we just be obedient, Father, knowing that you are moving in the lives of others and in our life too, Father. May we trust you enough to find the random in your purpose. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. and finish out our service.
Lord, we are so grateful for everything you have done for us. Go this week and share what God is doing in your life. We'll see you next Sunday.